Season's going to end on a double doink, 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 doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I had an idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. It is our favorite day of the week, and you know what that means. Oh, yes, it's Tuesday afternoon. A little terrible Tuesday. Plenty of terrible Tuesday takes coming your way. Oh, yes, glad to have you with us wherever you may be. Numbchuck on the other side of that proverbial glass. I don't know why I say proverbial. It's really there. There it is. I don't know what you're knocking on there. Formica? Glass? Beautiful Tuesday. Have you come down from your Thanksgiving yet? That's what I want to know. Are we still eating leftovers? Because you know how I feel about leftovers. It's Tuesday. Thanksgiving was five days ago. I finished mine Sunday night. You didn't have any of my dessert, though. I noticed that. Not yet. You told me yesterday when I brought in the dessert, the specially made Croatian dessert from Julie Jules. And you I, I told know. me what was the quote that you told me yesterday? I wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna make it out. Of it here. wasn't gonna make it out of here. I couldn't even find it here when I get to the studio today, and I see it in the refrigerator and it's untouched. I know. So I mean, if you don't like it or don't want it, you it wasn't. Just, no, you it just wasn't. Say it. it was. I wanted to get out earlier. You want so to get I, out? So I just kind of dipped. You dipped. Okay. I dipped. All right. You dipped the trip. I double dipped the chip. Okay. Well, make sure that you go have some. I'm uh, trust me. I'm going. Here's to. what I want you to do. I want you to like say during one of the breaks, maybe the top of the hour break. Go th- have it. Go a little taste test, so okay. you, you can come back. Okay. All right. So, really, not supposed to be refrigerated, so you're gonna have to take that into account. So let it, you know, yeah, thaw out for about an hour or so. Michelle's already, you know, going Des- to work on destroying it, right now. it. Yeah. You should you should go get Michelle and have her do a taste. Or she she had it. it she did. You should have her review it. Yeah, but she's professional. She's a professional baker. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I might not want to want to hear that. Because <laughs> she said going into it, she goes, is this bacala? I go, I, I don't know what bacala is or botulism. I don't know what she's talking about. Baklava? Baklava. <laughs> oh, baklava. Um, I said, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a Croatian dessert. It was like if you Google top. Croatian desserts, I think it was number three, uh, but my all-time favorite Croatian dessert that I had as a kid and through my adult life is crustula, but it's not spelled with a K. So Jules tried to find the um, recipe for crustula. She goes, Dad, I couldn't find it. I go, well, how are you spelling it? K, I go, well, that's where you're wrong. Crustula starts with an H. So you got to remember the European. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is delicious. If you could look up crustula, if I could bring you crustula, you would go berserk. You you would eat the whole thing. It's it's a fried dessert, um, a dough with some great specialty ingredients. 
powdered sugar on top, light and airy, delicious. And I would have that every holiday as I was a kid and even in my adult life. And I haven't had it for a long, long time now. Because now pretty much all my Croatian ancestors have passed. So I don't get it anymore. But Jules is going to try it, but she couldn't find the recipe. Even though I have the recipe at home, all locked away. So cool. give it to her and be nice. Just give her the recipe. Well, if I, I didn't know she was going to do the dessert and surprise. I didn't know that. If I would have known, I said, here, here you go. Go for it. So Christmas now, Crustal is coming. Crustal and Persianata are probably the top two. But then she came up with, I don't even know what the heck she called it or what it's called. But it's like an apple cinnamon uh, dessert. I don't know if it's on there. You, you, you look very intrigued there. What are you I, looking at? I, you, you know what I'm trying to find for you. All right. What are you trying to find? You trying to find a sound bite? No. You're trying to find... Uh, oh, I know you're Crustula. Yeah, did you find Crustula? I haven't found it yet. Yeah. H-R-U-S-T-U-L-A. There you go. Crustula. Or Crustula, if you're American. How's that? All right. There's your food segment. Can't go a day without having food. Always. Yeah. So, yeah, let me know what you think of the dessert. There it is. All right. Terrible Tuesday. Plenty of terrible Tuesday takes today coming your way. We're going to hit on that. And we're going to talk college football as we get ready tonight for the next-to-last college football playoff rankings. Pretty huge going into the championship games this weekend, the conference championship games. So the rankings are pretty much a mess right now. We'll see if things kind of equalize itself out after the SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. The Pac-12 championship game will be here in Las Vegas between Oregon and Washington. Florida State, Louisville, that'll have some championship implications. And then Michigan, Iowa as well, even though Michigan is a 23-point favorite in the Big Ten championship game over lowly Iowa. I did find what the Iowa team total is. Oh, If you want to you come with the breaking news, there it is. So we talked about this yesterday, right? The total in this game is 35. Michigan is a 23-point favorite. And I said, let me find that Iowa total. Let me just load up, baby. Let me go. Let me bet the under on Iowa. Because how are they going to score? How are they going to penetrate that Wolverine defense? How are they going to do it, huh? Total is? Drum roll, please. In the Big Ten Championship game, Iowa's team total projected to score? Six and a half points. I can see that. That I, I can I, see just about that. But I needed a nine or a ten. I wanted I that on the board. I know. They actually put a six and a half for the Iowa team total. That means they believe Iowa will not score a touchdown in this game. They think I'm gonna get two way action on this. You know there's gonna be a lot of ham and eggers. Oh, they'll score a touchdown, maybe a fumble recovery, something. Maybe they can muster three field goals, get over six and a half. I seriously want one to hammer this game. I thought I might get a 10, 11. I mean, come on, you're averaging like 16, 18 points per game, more than that. Your defense, they think is stellar, but six and a half, are you kidding me? So they really, so basically what they're saying is total 35, right? They think the, the score is going to be basically 31 to six. 
maybe 31 to 7. That's what they're what the sports books are are banking on there. Six and a half. Would you still take the under? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Michigan. Come on. I know. I know. But you know, a turnover or something like that. They might, you know, turn over in their own territory, then they'll kick a 42-yard field goal. You get three of those. Will it be Maybe more? you get a backdoor touchdown at the end when, when the Michigan's up by 26, right? Uh, I mean, prevent defense. See, that's what would kill you. Will it be more entertaining to watch that game or last night's game? Oh, jeez. Because you, you know what? Jeez. Just down. <laughs> Go Vikes, right? Isn't that what? Isn't that where we were? That's where we were yesterday. Uh, I will say, teaser, pleaser. Oh, I know, teaser, pleaser. Got there. Oh no, but it it was it was ugly, man. It was a battle of field goals. Joshua Dobbs, pathetic, atrocious, four turnovers, just downright awful. And remember the hype that he came in with from Arizona. When Kirk Cousins went down and Connolly, the semi-head coach of the, the Vikings, I say semi because he's horrible. Just ever flus for Bears, horrible. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? What are you doing? Listen. I didn't I, even, I forgot my mic was still Yeah. You and this, in this Dr. Pepper and then, uh, what are you doing? Taking off the cap and, and, and putting it on and off and off. Why don't you just, just leave the cap off. Hold on. And, but, and, but I do have some breaking news for you. Breaking news? All right. Uh, who are we going to? Who are we going to? Who's our on-the-spot report? Where they oh, located? it's me. Oh, let's go to our, uh, regarding that? Re- regarding what, Regarding this. I need to know. Okay, let's go to our on-the-spot report. That would be Numchuck uh, standing in front of the Monster Energy uh, drink factory. Uh, Numchuck, what do you got for us? Numchuck has not had a monster in four days now. Four days. Four days. Wow. Is this like a New Year's resolution in no, November? No. <laughs> I'm supposed, I, I, I supposed I, to be impressed with this. It's just that's breaking news. You went to the doctor, didn't you? No. Oh, the wife. The wife says, "Lay off that stuff." No, because you're a maniac at home. You're not sleeping. You're well, working nonstop. What is sleep? I don't. What is sleep? Me and you both know. Well, this. you're not going to sleep, sleep when you start pounding the monsters down, yeah? I know. Why don't you just get a sponsorship for Monster, huh? Get us a sponsorship with Monster. I've I mean, been trying. I, to. I mean, you are like the faceplate of, of Monster. Yeah, because this face just screams. Let's have Monster. <laughs> Almost as bad as a voice. Anyway, ah, Houston Nutt is going to join us today. Houston Nutt, the coach. Oh, there I go again. I start going into my my southern twang and my and my what do they call it? Snarl, twirl. I don't know what you call it. You think uh, Houston has any leftovers? Well, we're gonna find out what was on the nut table, baby. See if you got a nut for that nut table. What kind of nuts were they having over the nut factory? That's the, terrible. The nut house. Oh man. The nut house. That's horrible. The nut house. That's what I'm going to say. He'll laugh about it. He'll enjoy it. I know he will. Playoff rankings, championship games. We'll hit all of that. But what a terrible Tuesday. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. 
Well, the Raiders have lost two in a row to two very good teams. We go back to the Dolphins last week in Miami. And then, of course, the game they lost at Allegiant Stadium in front of the home crowd. What kind of home crowd? Because it was a sea of red there with the Kansas City Chiefs. Playoff hopes virtually gone. The Raiders now 5-7 and seven after losing to the Chiefs 31-17. to 17. As we talked about yesterday, the Raiders jumped out to a 14-0 lead. But never did you feel that the Raiders were going to hang on to this victory. You just felt that the Chiefs, especially coming off the loss last week, that they were going to come back. Game was going to be tied before you know it, and it was. At halftime, it's 14-14. Kansas City had two touchdowns in the second quarter to tie it up, and then they rolled to victory, outscoring the Raiders 31-3 to in the final 36 minutes. There was hope there for a while, and as they say, hope floats, and it went away. The class, the experience showed out for the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs with a rookie quarterback or a rookie head coach. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. Kansas City defeated the Raiders for the sixth straight time and 16 of the last 18 times these two teams faced off against each other. Think about that. Six in a row, 16 of the last 18 meetings. Oh, and the one Raider victory in recent memory that was at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, remember they drove a bus around the parking lot. John Gruden's great idea. How good was that? Anyway, Josh Jacobs got his 20 carries though, didn't he? For 110 yards. A lot of people say, well, it's great. Well, majority of what he had, 163-yard run, right? After that, back to Josh Jacobs, averaging under three yards a carry. The Raiders say they are committed to the run. You heard Antonio Pierce and Josh Jacobs talk after the Miami game. They wanted him to carry at least 20 times. Well, good for you. Carried 20 times. But again, the problem with the Raiders offensively is that they don't throw the ball downfield. You must throw the ball downfield. And here's the, the, the weird thing about that is, against Kansas City, the one thing that the Chiefs' defense is susceptible to is the ball downfield. All right? And they actually did that a few times. All right? He hit Michael Mayer on, on a couple shots. Devontae Adams, I believe, like one time. Jacoby Myers with a touchdown, marched right down the field. But again, they got away from it. Why? Because Josh Jacobs wants his carries. He's going to pound his chest, say, I'm the leading rusher in the National Football League last year. I had over 1,600 yards. Get me the damn ball. Well, guess what? Devonta Adams saying, get me the damn ball. Jacoby Myers is now feeling comfortable in this system. He's comfortable enough to say, get me the damn ball. Yes, in this day and age of the National Football League, where passing is supreme, you must throw the ball, especially when you have weapons like Adams, like Myers, like Renfro, and... Michael Mayer, who came out of Notre Dame, is a highly sought-after tight end. And they drafted him accordingly. But with all that being said, the Raiders refused to throw the ball, especially downfield. Now, people will say that Aiden O'Connell looked pretty good, that his numbers were okay. The bottom line is not really. Because... It was very, very predictable. And when the Raiders needed him the most in the last two weeks, he no-showed three turnovers against the Miami Dolphins and against the Chiefs at home on Sunday in obvious passing downs. He cannot move the team down the field and score when they need to, specifically in the second half. The Raiders play calling way too conservative. 
No turnovers for the Raiders. And O'Connell wasn't bad, but it's just not good enough against the top teams out there. Here's the deal now. The big picture. And I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. How much is the organization really trying to win these games? Because going with Aiden O'Connell for the remainder of the season doesn't make any sense. When you have your original starting quarterback on the bench, okay, I get it to a certain degree, like I say, certain degree, going back four weeks ago where you want to experiment when, you know, you are three and four, three and five, and go, let's give O'Connell a shot. Let's see what he has, because he's shown us some pretty good things in preseason, shown us some pretty good things, you know, during the course of, of training camp and in, you know, during practices. Let's go with him. So you fire Josh McDaniels, you fire uh, Dave Ziegler, you say you want to get away from the Patriot way, but you still got Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're saying, nope, we're going to flip the page altogether. Sure, Garoppolo was not that great, okay? Still a little hint of injury, but now Garoppolo is probably in the best shape that he's been in a long time. But remember, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't come straight from New England. He came from San Francisco. He came and led the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance. You're paying this man $72.75 million to do what? To sit on the bench. Oh, and by the way, you guaranteed him $34 million to be here as well. To do what? To play catch during the TV timeouts. That's what he's doing. He's playing catch with Aiden O'Connell on the sideline, and that's what he's doing. Is he mentoring him? I don't know, but you're not paying him $72.75 million to tutor a fourth-round draft pick, a guy who is marginally successful at Purdue in the Big Ten. O'Connell over Garoppolo? No. The bottom line with the Raiders, and again, I know it's repeat, but it bears repeating because the Raiders still have a minuscule chance of making the playoffs, but they had a better shot a couple weeks ago, and if they could have pulled off a win against Miami or the Chiefs, your best chance to win was with Jimmy Garoppolo. He gives you the best chance to win. He is still the most experienced quarterback on your roster. And that's the thing that people don't understand. That your quarterback needs to be an experienced guy. It makes no sense to spend the money on Garoppolo, bring him here, name him the starter, and just because McDaniel was fired and you say, goodbye, Patriot way, basically, you know what you've done? You fired Garoppolo. You have fired Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're paying him a ton of money while he wilts away on the bench. O'Connell is an experiment. At the cost of winning games, do you want to continue this experiment? There's no guarantee that he's going to be your quarterback next year. The Raiders are going to audition all kinds of quarterbacks. They're going to look at the draft. They're going to look at free agents. They're going to look at guys off the scrap heap that get cut. They're going to look at all that stuff. But right now... You had a chance, and you still have a chance, especially of the bye week here. Haven't you seen enough of O'Connell? All right? He's not good enough to warrant this pass, so to speak, to say, okay, well, yeah, you, we're, we're going to let you go the rest of the way. You have not earned that. You haven't thrown any three or four touchdown games, have you? No. We've seen the opposite, two and three interception type of games. So yeah, he wasn't bad against the Chiefs, 
but he wasn't good. He wasn't electric. He doesn't have the experience. And when you needed him most, he failed. Plain and simple. Speaking of failed, how about that experiment with Marcus Peters? We touched on it yesterday. Oh, yes, it's terrible Tuesday, so you know we're going to go at this today, right? Marcus Peters released. Good riddance, Marcus Peters. Again, this is a repeat for me going back at the beginning of the season. This is a guy who was on a decline when he came here. All right? He had one interception this year. The one interception he had got masqueraded for a touchdown because it hit him right in the hands and it went in his hands against Detroit, and he returned it for a touchdown. But you know what you've seen for the majority of the time for Marcus Peters is bad tackling, bad coverage. Oh, and how about this one in parentheses, which I've been banging on the drum for for about the last six years, is bad attitude. Yes. You wouldn't need evidence of that? Well, just go back. Talk to the people in Kansas City. Talk to the people in Baltimore. Talk to the people most recently in Los Angeles with the Rams. That's Marcus Peters. Now, it's not terrible news that this guy got cut by the Raiders. It's why he was signed in the first place. The signs were there in all of those stops that I mentioned before. A declining player with an attitude problem. Again, you would think that the Raiders would get away from these type of guys. And finally, and finally, I say, they are doing that. All right? You get rid of a a, a bad attitude, a bad apple, a guy that clearly doesn't want to be there. All right? And you've taken all of these ham and eggers that you thought were going to amount to something because they had good college careers, and you bring them in here. And again, you know, you go back to Damon Arnett, and again, you know, the Henry Ruggs thing, you know, that's still fresh in everyone's mind, which brings us to Roderick Teamer. This guy's never been a great player. All right. Coming off the practice squad, IR, and then now he gets. You know, on the active roster, and what happens? He gets released. Didn't even get a chance to play a game, even though he played in six games this year sparingly. He was released after being arrested Saturday night for speeding and driving under the influence. When did I say this happened? Saturday night. The night before a game. Before a home game. When you're activated and you're playing the Chiefs, and they probably could use you could use all the help you want in the defensive backfield. So now you lost Teamer, you lost Peters. Good riddance to both of these Ham and Eggers. But again, why even mess with these guys? And if, if you're Roderick Teamer, what does this say about you? I mean, we talked about this yesterday where you would think that the Raiders executives, and I understand they've gone through what now, what, three general managers in three years. Go back to Mike Mayock, you go to Dave Ziegler, now you've got the interim um, general manager here. You think they would would talk to these guys the day that they are brought in, whether it's street free agents or draftees, and say, "Listen, we got a bad history here. There's still a bad aura around Henry Ruggs, Arnett, all these other clowns that have come through here that have had some problems." And I loved what Antonio Pierce said yesterday. I'm not going to tolerate it. What you do off the field is going to affect you and this team on the field. Rightly so. But, again, fans are really tired of these type of stories hovering around the Raiders. It happens everywhere, granted. But the Raiders have a lot of this, as you know. And it is not a good sign at all. So, good riddance, Marcus Peters, because you were a below-average cornerback making only $3 million, say only, $3 million this season because you were on the downside of your career. And goodbye to Roderick Teamer for being 
a ham and egger, being an idiot for speeding and getting drunk the night before a game just shows you you care about one thing. When you do stuff like this, I throw Marcus Peters in there as well too for not being a better player, a better tackler, and not committing to your craft. You're here for one reason. You're here for the paycheck. You're here for the paycheck. Using the Raiders and Mark Davis's money as your personal ATM machine. That's what a lot of these guys are doing. It is downright pathetic because they are not there for the game. They're not there for their teammates. They're there for themselves and their paycheck. That's it. (laughs) NFL Sunday. The morning slate of games was one of the worst that I've ever seen. Only two games were worth watching all day. And both of those were in the afternoon slate. And you can make the case that maybe only one game was worth watching. That's Buffalo, Philadelphia. I was going to say the other one was Kansas City and the Raiders. But, you you know, the line was nine and a half. Chiefs were favored. Figured the Chiefs were going to roll. And they did. So really, only one game really worth while watching. But the morning slate of games... Are you kidding me? And I understand that the schedule is made, but then you've got three games on Thanksgiving Day, and those all turned out to be blowout games as well. But it was just an awful week for the NFL. Week 12 will go down as favorites covering in 12 of the 16 games, but the games, I mean, Packers and Lions, Washington and Dallas, Niners and Seahawks, all right? Blowouts in all three games. And now, don't say the Lions, well, they only lost by seven. Now they got a backdoor touchdown to do that. They were never in that game. They were horrible. 0 for 5 on fourth down. Which brings me to the Lions. Turkey, food, family, friends, great traditions. And the Lions playing on Thanksgiving Day, right? Well, the Lions losing on Thanksgiving Day fit right in the tradition, doesn't it? The Lions lost again to Green Bay in one ugly football game where they were 0 for 5 on fourth down. Had missed PAT, had horrible play calling, a fake punt deep in their own territory, their own 25-yard line, just abysmal play calling, abysmal quarterback play by Jared Goff, and just a terrible performance by the Lions, a team that was leading, still leading, the NFC North slash Central, whatever you want to call it. But what is the problem with these coaches like Dan Campbell and others that have lost their mind? We went from coaches being ultra-conservative back in the day to now ultra-risky gamblers. And here's the thing. You never, back in the day, had these rookie head coaches making these kind of things. They actually think that this is cool. Like they're part of the new school of analytics that they think that, hey, yeah, we, we're going to outsmart defenses. We're going to outsmart defensive coordinators. Oh, and the system as well, too. Fourth and 10 last night. Fourth and 10 last night. Bears going for it. Vikings, fourth and seven going for it. What, what are they thinking? Passing up free points. The Lions passed up nine free points with a pretty good field goal kicker by going for it on fourth down. And ridiculous. And we're seeing it time and time again with these coaches. They have literally lost their mind where they actually think 
that they're going to be successful on fourth and three, fourth and four, fourth and seven. Don't give me this analytics crap because analytics doesn't come into play. Doesn't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Read the situation. Fourth down conversions are abysmal in the NFL this year. Just downright awful. It was so bad, that football game, because it was the only thing that was on at 9.30 in the morning, and by 10.30, I was looking for other TV. So I had to go find some other TV. You didn't watch the parade? I didn't watch the Macy's parade. I mean, they re- they replayed it like four times. What's my rule about parades? You know the rule. I know. You got to be Let's in it. Let's hear it. You got to be in it. If I'm not in the parade, I'm not watching it. Wow, does that make me sound just so bougie? You are. <laughs> no, I love parades. Parades are good. I used to love watching the Rose Bowl parade. Love that. But no. So I kind of forgot about the parade. I flipped it on later. I think it was all just about over. But no. I said, I can't watch this football game anymore. So let me get the remote control out. What do I land on, Numchuck? I land on Major League Table Tennis. That's that's what I like. That sounds like Ocho material. Uh, oh, I believe the Ocho was on the Deuce, oh, ESPN two. Now God, I missed it. Major League Table Tennis presented by Manscape. Oh, these guys were firing away too. But here's the one that got me: Omega Ball. Are you familiar with Omega I Ball? You get on that computer because I'm going to start rattling these things off. I gave Omega Ball probably two and a half minutes because I wanted to look at this and try to find out what the heck was going oh, on on my trampoline. TV. This is the trampoline one. No, 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 no. Yes, no, it no, is. No, no, no. Let me speak. Omega Ball, you have three teams. It looks like a soccer field because they're playing soccer. There's three goals, which means you have three goalies. You have three periods. And everything's in threes, and the field is round. It's a round field, Omega Ball. Three, I don't know what the heck's going on. And you had scores like seven to five to three. I hung with it as long as I possibly could. It's in front. There we go. It's actually going to be the first strike of the day for Eagles. How about that crowd? Attendance 23. Yeah. Friends and family only. It's about all you hear. I didn't know what the hell I was watching. I was looking at a round. It It looks really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I hung with it longer than probably I should have. What the hell is this? I, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if there are any rules. But you're kicking soccer ball into three different goals. I guess one team, I guess, goes into one goal. Well, I have no idea. So, yeah. So I flipped off of that, came back a little later, and I got the Professional Q Sports League. That's Q as in C-U-E. Now, I'm thinking there's got to be something about pool or billiards, right? Professional Q Sports League, PCL. No baseball fans. It's not the Pacific Coast League. It's not baseball. It is the Professional Q Sports League. What do you got for me, Numchuck? It looks like it's on a pool table. <laughs> is Wait, is this a computer game? I don't know what the hell it is. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. 
of the PCL, the Professional Q Sports League. This is a game that anybody can play. It's brand new, and we got some of the greatest of all time ready to show their craft on the board. A group of icons, starting with the Duchess of Doom, the great the Duchess of the Doom, the Duchess of Doom, the, the greatest of this all time. Like what? This is like wrestling. The greatest all time of what? Of what? Billiards? Is, is it? Are you? Are you? Are you putting the the nine ball in the corner pocket? Do you see any of that going on there? No, it looks. I couldn't find it, it looks more like snooker without the. Describe it. You have it in front of you. I, I couldn't do it. It's pool with like two different colored balls. That's it. That's it. <sighs> okay. Next up, bull shooter, invitational shootout. Bull, as in B U L L blank. Shooter Invitational Shootout. Explain this to our listeners. This would be darts, buddy. <laughs> it's darts. It's darts. Yes. Bull shooter. Then why don't they call it darts? Why don't they call it darts? Or why not just bullseye? Yeah. Bullseye Invitational. It's it's darts, right? I, I don't get it's it. It's darts. Okay. Then it got worse after that. The Turf Wars Invitational. Oh, now this... May not be exactly what you think it is. Turf Wars Invitational. What do you think? Is it just the right? is he doing it's kickball. Right leg squat? It's what I'm looking at. <laughs> but only on turf. That's right. And that was followed by the Adult Kickball Championships. Turf Wars. Turf Wars is kickball. seems very cool. It's... <laughs> Like it seems like something that at least should be. So on. when I saw the description, I'm thinking, okay, are we? What are we doing? We're going out here. Are we doing, uh, you know, battle? Are we battling in the forest, or what are we doing here? Are we going to see some physical altercations, some turf wars? Are we going to see some some low riders with war playing in the background, baby? Low rider. We. I didn't know we were going to. What, what is turf wars? Oh, it's kickball. Yeah. That's what I had to deal with, my friend. That's what I had to deal with. Because the TV was so bad. All right. But anyway, like I was saying, the morning slate of games were downright awful. Couldn't watch anything on Sunday. Uh, Philly beats Buffalo 37-34. to 34. Buffalo build two 10-point uh, leads. Couldn't hold on to the three-point lead in regulation after scoring with 155 left. Yes, it was uh, the only decent game of the day. And it went overtime. But this did have all of the makings of being a huge favorites day. Why? Because there were only two games on the board on Sunday. They'd had two teams facing off against each other with winning records. That would be the aforementioned Buffalo at Philadelphia game. And this is a shocker, but it's true. Both teams over 500. The only other game this this Sunday that had it, Jacksonville at Houston. Both above 500. Buffalo, Philly, both above 500. And then the other one for the weekend on Thursday was Seattle and San Francisco. So for the entire weekend, week 12 of the NFL, three games. Three of the 16 games had teams facing off against each other that had winning records. I know you can't really handicap that in the beginning of the year. You think, oh, maybe, yeah, let's see, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, that might that might be a good matchup. Let's let's put that on Thanksgiving weekend and you know, you know, some of these other games. I don't know. Just but you had some bad matchups. I mean, Arizona gets anybody as bad. Uh Tampa Bay gets anybody as bad. 
But that's why you will see television ratings horrendous for NFL Week 12. Could you imagine Week 1 seeing Jacksonville-Houston and being like, that's just a BS game. Right. And it's right for the lead. Division lead. Yeah, yeah, in the AFC South. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Let me leave you with this, my friend. Hail Mary gone bad. That's right. So let's take you to the Meadowlands on, oh, what? Black Friday. That's right, because we have to have a game on Black Friday. Not available to all viewers because you had to go find it on Amazon Prime, right? Oh, by the way, uh, did you hear the news that Amazon has now uh, surpassed UPS and uh, delivered 1.9 billion packages uh, this past year, which uh, I don't care. But just for you scoring at home, the U.S. Postal Service is still in the lead. All right, Amazon is well behind them. But anyway, as I digress, Black Friday, we go to the end of the first half of this just another nightmare of a game between the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. Tim Boyle at quarterback for the Jets. The Jets are going to go Hail Mary before halftime. And we'll see what Boyle, how far he can throw it, if indeed he throws it or they try a, a lateral or whatever here. Meanwhile, he just tries to get away from everybody, throws it into the end zone, into a lot of traffic, and there's a pick on the other side. And coming back from the end zone is Holland, and Holland is at the midfield, and Holland is inside the 40, and Holland is inside the 20. Can you believe this? That is insanity. How many of us were expecting him to go, do you believe in miracles? Yeah. Yeah. It is insanity. Crazy. Uh, Here's the biggest part of the insanity, Tim Boyle, your quarterback, your third string quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers, of course, out with the Achilles injury. And then, of course, uh, Zach Wilson, who's been benched for now, Tim Boyle. Detroit Lions fans remember Tim Boyle, right? Tim Boyle had one pass in this game that he threw for more than 10 yards. Which pass was that? The one you just heard. Threw it about 50 yards in the air, picked off, went the other way, 99-yard touchdown going the other way, and that was the game. The look on Robert Sala's face, Aaron Rodgers, and the fans that did show up for that game in the Meadowlands wearing their green and white. Oh, yeah, the Jets. The Jets, the Lions, just horrendous on Thanksgiving Day weekend. Isn't that just downright awful? Terrible. All right. We'll hit some more terrible Tuesdays and maybe a little bit later on. Plus, we got some baseball news to come back with. How about that? Yes, we have got some baseball news regarding the Oakland Blanks. Terrible Tuesday it is. Glad to have you with us. Houston Nutt will join us on the other side of the hour. Now, back to more of Las Vegas' favorite sports madman, the Dr. T.C. Martin. Don't forget, Friday back at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Best bets and a whole lot more. And I had a flashback earlier today. I'm going, oh boy, I remember this. We've got to go back and race out of there on Friday because we got the show from 2 to 4 and then we've got the Pac-12 championship game 5 o'clock start 
And I remember stressing out about this last year because we went and it was myself and Jay Schrader and we were all trying to get over to Allegiant State. Remember that we were talking about this? Like, hey, what's the best way to get over there from the Westgate and everything? So I go, oh, man, I'm going to have to deal with that again today. So any suggestions, Numbchuck? Walk it. <laughs> You're right. Walk it. I won't walk from the Mandalay Bay. Oh, I got to tell you this story, too. Walk from the Mandalay Bay to uh, to Allegiant Stadium. So we did the Raider indoor tailgate party yeah. again like we do af- uh, before every Raider game over at Slice of Vegas. Uh, another very good turnout. Even though uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, good turnout. And so Jay Schrader's there, and he comes, and um, he was going to walk it. I said, you sure you want to walk? He goes, well, really, I don't want to. I said, well, I can give you a ride if you want. So um, he had a date with him that day. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not your date. No. Okay. no, no. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm yeah. going to have to beat his. Yeah, no, a little backstory with this now. See, now we have to explain. See, so Jay Schrader stole Numchuk's date uh, back in the day. Um Actually, he didn't steal her. I, I think she just she just literally said, "I'm choosing a quarterback with a Super Bowl ring yeah. instead of you in the, you know, Cracker Jacks ring." Yeah, sorry, but anyway, I told you I ran into her at the airport. Yeah, boy, I'm really digressing now, but this is good, right? You like this. So anyway, so he tells me that he's met this girl at uh, an appearance that he had did the day before. And he goes, hey, hope you don't mind, but I'm I'm, I'm bringing her o- over to to the party. I said, that's fine, no problem. Can hardly wait to see, you know, what what she looks like and what she's all about. So anyway, he goes, uh, he 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 told me one, give me one preface. He says, she's a uh, a military gal. I go, well, what does that mean? She grew up on a base. I goes, no, she's just got out of the military a while ago. I go, oh boy, okay. So now I feel like I got to salute her. Which I did. I said, Sergeant, even though, you know, she was in civilian clothes. So she showed up, uh, and, um, I offered to give them a ride because they didn't want to walk because they thought the walk was going to be a little too long. I said, not, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a ride. It'll be easy. And I said, I'll, I'll drop you off close to the stadium because where my parking pass is, it's still a little ways away. So the moment we leave the Mandalay Bay, and we'll get out a slice. What did she do? What's my biggest pet peeve in the world? Especially with women. I shouldn't say especially with women. That's I, don't, now women. I, I, don't, I don't know. She went to the pocket. Took out a cigarette. Oh. Lit up a cigarette. <laughs> so I didn't say nothing. Jay didn't know she smoked either. So we're like looking at each other and she's walking through the Mandalay Bay as we get to the parking lot. And I'm going like, okay, now, you know, my vehicle, I have a new vehicle. Yes, you do. (laughs) So I'm letting her get her smoke on. And now she comes up to the car and I'm staying outside the car. And I said, okay, so now this is the moment of truth. That's how I said it. Just like that. And Jay's looking at me like, oh, gee, don't blow it for don't me. Don't do it. Don't do it. But he knew where I was going. And he's, so we, no one's allowed in the car because I'm like, 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 you know, arms over the, the hood and just like saying, I said, 
if you want to ride to that game, I go, you can come, but that cigarette ain't making it inside this car. Now, how was my tact with that? Was that was that good? Was it you know? I I was trying to like make a joke, that but be decent, serious. That was decently put. Yeah, yeah. was it too harsh. You don't think? No. Okay. And she goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." Takes her last couple puffs, walks away from the car. This and that. Remember what kind of day it was? Sunday. Okay. It was. It was sunshine. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. It was fifty-one degrees though. Both of them started getting the back seat of the car. I go, nope, I'm not driving Miss Daisy. So Jay sits in the front seat. She's in the back. Leave the Mandalay Bay for that eight to ten minute ride, you know, over to the Could have been a 12 minute walk, but yeah. All the windows were down. All the windows were down. I had to get out that smoke. Yeah. Wasn't going to let her light up in the car, but there. So, she didn't say anything that it was really chilly or whatever. So, figure she's a military girl; she could, she could, she could handle the, the breeze and the cold. But, yeah. So, right or wrong of me to to do that? Right. You good? Right. And you're a smoker or a former smoker. former smoker, former smoker, former. Yeah. So now here's what gets me about smokers is that they know that smoking is disgusting. Because most smokers will tell you, yeah, I know. It's, it's horrible for you. See, it's, it's horrible for you, but you continue to do it. And I get it. It's an addiction. I understand I'm not here to bag on smokers, but I, I, I choose pretty much not to be around smokers. I'm going to live my life yeah, just like I want to. Right. Whether doctor says, oh, you can't have this or that. Yeah. You know, I'm drinking still. Yeah. I don't care. I heard a girl um, uh, tell me once that you know, she goes, what's your biggest turnoff? Have I talked about this before on the show? I don't think so. Okay. I said, she goes, what's your biggest turn off? I had no idea she was a smoker. I said, smokers. And she just went, oh. she goes, well, that, that takes me out of the mix. I go, oh, you're a smoker? Yeah. And she goes, why can't you just like me for who I am? I said, like you a heck of a lot better if you weren't a smoker. I mean, come on. That's it. So every... Not every, but most people that smoke, they go, yeah, I got to quit. I got to quit. I, it's it's disgusting. I don't like it myself. But then why do it? So anyway, so if you're a smoker out there, hey, I'm not bagging on you. It's okay. Just don't do, go do, around TC. That's it. Just, that, that's all we ask. Don't go around TC. This sounds really bad, doesn't it? No. Yeah. So you just have some fun with that. All right. Uh, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Oakland has baseball back. That's right. Oakland has baseball back. Are we giving them back the A's? The A's are officially gone. They're off to Vegas, as we know. But there is a new team that will play in Oakland next year. No, it's not the Rays. It's not. So it's not option A. Yeah. Is it option B? Yes, it is. Option B is a good option, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a major league team, but there is a new team that will play in Oakland starting next year. Drumroll, please. Coming to Oakland next year. The Oakland Ballers. Ballers. The Oakland Ballers, also known as the Oakland Bees. That's right. It's a creation of two diehard fans 
who happen to have access to a lot of money, Paul Friedman and Brian uh, Carmel, high school friends that were so upset, like so many other Bay Area baseball fans, that the A's are gone. They want to bring baseball back to Oakland. So the B's will play in the Pioneer League, which is the Independent League. Pioneer League. Now, the Independent League, this Pioneer League is one of several independent leagues where Major League Baseball has affiliations with them where they try out the certain yeah. rules. All right? So the Pioneer League, you know, they they did the the you know, Ghost Runner on second for a while, other things like that, the shift, they, they did all that stuff, right? So, but they're famous for, instead of going extra innings, what they did with the Ghost Runner on second, the Pioneer League, what going back two years ago, Home run derby. See, here's my they thing. They did the home run derby. I kind of like that rule. Takes a long time, though. It does, but still. What are we playing here? The Oakland Bees? No, just the ballers? It's I want to be a baller. I want to be a baller. Okay, I'll go with it. That's fine. They're going to play in the independent league. They'll play at Laney College. So those uh, familiar, uh, the Oakland area, that's a junior college, Laney College. They raised about $2 million to expand seating, dress it up, and everything. And get this. They've hired a manager and a vice president of baseball operations already. Your general manager of the Oakland Bees, Don Wakamatsu. That name should sound familiar. Follow baseball. Now, he is a Hayward native, suburb of Oakland. All right. He managed the Seattle Mariners and was a coach and an interim manager for the Texas Rangers back in 2021. So, Don Wakamatsu is the... Uh, Vice President of Operations Micah Franklin Former St. Louis Cardinal Outfielder is their manager Here's the quote From uh, Carmel He said we just felt Like our hearts had been ripped from our chests Like all East Bay sports fans Oakland is a city that has seen The Raiders leave town, the Warriors move across town There's a lot of chatter that Maybe Oakland isn't a pro sports town We reject that completely he also said that he has uh, produced several movies, will serve as the chief experience officer, CEO, chief experience officer, because he wants to bring experience, because going to the ball game should be a fun experience. I don't know if he's going to tap into the Savannah Bananas or what. And then Friedman, his high school buddy, he's an entrepreneur. He'll be the chief executive officer. And they like the name The Bees. Why? Any idea why they chose the B's? Option B, right? Well, is it something like that? They thought it was a clever play on the A's. A's are gone. Let's go to the B's. And Carmel said, when Paul and I used to play sports in high school, we were always on the B team. <laughs> They're bench warmers. They're on the B team. No varsity. Got to be on the B team. They also like ballers to honor their late friend Bobby Winslow who often called himself a baller. So there you go. The Oakland Ballers are now playing in Oakland. Laney College coming up next year. Now the Pioneer League uses either former Major League players or players that don't get drafted to the Major League roster. So that's uh, what's going to be happening. But yeah, Oakland baseball is back. Oh, and by the way, I think it goes without saying, their colors, green and gold. They're going to replicate the old A's uniforms, and they're going to put the B on it. Now, if they go B with the apostrophe and the S, 
This is not going to look a lot like BS. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> now, do you think the A's are going to become petty and say, no, you can't use that color scheme. You can't use the same font as we use for the A's for you using the B's. I don't know, man. Are they going to bust out the Charlie Finley white cleats? Who knows? All right. Hour two on the other side. We talk college football championship games tonight. We will get the college football playoff rankings. The next to last ones. And Houston Nutt is going to join us. Always fun. The coach is going to join us. A former coach at Arkansas, Ole Miss, Boise State. We talk football next hour. Brian Salmon will join us from News 3 as well, too. We'll talk Raiders, Vegas, and a whole lot more. Yep. Let's take a little trip. Take a little trip. Take a little trip and see on a terrible Tuesday. Don't Capital of the world. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, I don't even know your name, but you know mine. It's the TC Martin Show. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare chested. Somebody stop that now, man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes coming the blue coat. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40 yard line. Diagnosis. They suck, so I don't need to be out game plan. Prognosis. I'll knock you out. Osmosis. All I know is. You mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. When you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. The doctor's now in. Oh, yo. All that screaming. Plenty of screaming on a terrible Tuesday, as always. Miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. Of course, streaming live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. Listeners everywhere throughout the states, overseas, you never know. We're even big down in McKinney, Texas. Oh, yeah, they're listening to McKinney, Texas. I don't know. I just hope that they're listening at the barbecue joint. That's what I want. So are we bigger in Curacao or McKinney? Wow, that's tough. I mean, probably population about the same size. The island of Curacao in McKinney, Texas. All right. uh, We continue on our number two here. Talk a little more NFL, some terrible Tuesday takes. You got that. You can hit me on Twitter, TCMartin21. Of course, remember Friday, back at the Westgate, Las Vegas, inside the world-famous Superbook. Best bets and more. And we continue on here. We've got a normal NFL week here as we got no none of this three games on Thursday and a Friday, Black Friday, all that stuff's gone. Get back to week 13 here. But college football, now this is the weekend. Championship game weekend. Tonight, we'll get the unveiling of the college football playoff rankings. We talk about all of that with the coach himself, the one and only, the barbecue master, Houston Nutt. What's going on? It's got to be you, the doctor. It's got to be you. What's going on? I want to know. I want to know what the nut house had on Thursday. That's what I want to know. And Friday, what happened at the nut house? Let's bring out Diana. Bring out the spread, baby. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. All right. Uh, tradi- traditional turkey. Mm. 
All right. right. Then my daughter, my youngest daughter, Haven, a little bit more spicy turkey. And I mean, all the fixings. I'm talking about dressing. I'm talking about green bean casserole. Whoa, 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 potato. wait, wait. Time, time, time. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what Houston Nuts said? Say that again. You used the D word. Say that again. Dressing. dressing. Dressing, he said. He said dressing. Yeah. Now, now I, I, yeah. I, I want you to do, hit the pause button because I, I want to hear all about this. But I had to stop you because there was a big debate with me and, and listeners and and my uh, tag team partner who joins me on Monday and Friday, on uh, Marco. And these guys are giving me a bad time, Houston, saying, no, it's stuffing. Now, is there a difference between <laughs> stuffing and dressing? Is this just a – Is it? what is the difference here? Is it more of a territorial thing? Because I knew dressing growing up. These guys are saying dressing belongs on a salad. I said, you're out of your mind. So let's go. Let's go, to, let's go to McKinney, Texas, our live-on-the-spot reporter, our doctor of food, <laughs> the coach of food, Houston Nutt, and the turkey farm in I'm McKinney, like, Texas. Go ahead. I'm – I'm like you, I guess. I mean, I was—I always grew up, and mom said it's dressing, right? You know, and I mean, and she had her cornbread all crumbled up, and all—I mean, getting it all prepared, and I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, it's but it was called dressing. Yeah, because you're you're you're, you're dressing the turkey. It's the sides, thank you, right? Thank you, right. Thank you. Thank you. You're dressing it up, oh, man, with, with the big. Come on. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with these people who, who haven't lived. I don't know. Let's see. Let, let's go. To, let's go to our our uh, reference here. The primary difference between stuffing and dressing is that stuffing is cooked inside the bird. Dressing is made on the side. Okay, Houston. Would, uh, yeah. would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yes. M- many yeah. many loyalties to uh, stuffing versus dressing abound. So this is a contest, my friend. That's what it sounds like. Oh, sounds oh, like oh. It's, it sounds like Alabama, Georgia to me. Yeah, people on both right. sides. Wow. It's like Arkansas, Texas, right? Arkansas, Texas. <laughs> I get back in the day, Southwest Conference Day. Now it's the SEC. All right, so continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So you had the turkey. All right, now did, uh, yeah. you didn't do a fried turkey, did you? You did, you did the oven turkey? Didn't do it this year. Didn't do it this year. Now, last year we did. That We remember. skipped it this year, but I... I miss that now. I kind of miss that. I like fried turkey, but mm. went more traditional. Went to my mom, who's 90 years of age, and she wasn't having any fried turkey now. It's got to be traditional turkey. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, golden brown, golden brown, baked. Are, yeah. are you familiar with the free-range turkey? Now, I had a little free-range turkey. I heard that's the Cadillac of turkeys, the free-range. Is that true? I don't know that. No? You're out of my league. I don't, <laughs> what is that? That's like the Wagyu steak, brother. That's like the chicken wings of uh, the Cadillac and chicken wings of Blue Ribbon. That's what it's like. And and that's where I went. Houston, you'll be proud. That's where I went. Went to Blue Ribbon for uh, for Thanksgiving. I got my wings, and the missus, she got a chance to get her her free-range turkey dinner for $60. Oh, wow. How about that? Very nice. Very nice. Good. All right, dessert? What do we do with dessert over there? Uh, I saw these homemade rolls that Donna has got down from oh. tradition, right. from, from grandmother, great-grandmother. I mean, these homemade rolls, this isn't even just average. Put them in the oven from a little uh, container. I'm talking about homemade. Got night before, staying up, letting them rise up and everything, man. I mean, you put butter on that and a little bit of honey, it's over. <laughs> uh, then you got a selection of, of, of desserts. You got pumpkin pie. You got pecan pie. You got apple pie. And then you got a cake 
called a sheet cake that is absolutely phenomenal. What, phenomenal. What do we call that cake? What, 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 what kind of cake is it? Well, it's chocolate. Oh, I like that. It's been called a different things. Now, it's been called a Coca-Cola cake. It's been called a sheet cake. <laughs> We've always called it a sheet cake, but all I can tell you is it is chocolate with some unbelievable icing, mm. and it melts in your mouth. And, you know, if you if you don't want to be too disciplined, go ahead and throw a scoop of ice cream on top. <laughs> hey, how many nuts are you feed, feed, feeding over there? You, you got three pies, and you got a cake? Okay. I mean, you how can you – now, what do you do? You, you like Guy Fieri or, or Gordon Ramsay, or are you just like taking a bite or two of each little thing and taste test? Because I know you, man. Correct. You, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna put away three, uh, you know, no. three pieces of pie and one cake. Come on, man. You see, you see, it's a slice, a nice little thin slice of pecan, mm. nice little thin slice of pumpkin with whipped cream on top, uh. and then I take a little break, like a top TV timeout, <laughs> then come back with a little bit of sheet cake. Not much, you know. And I know I got to go walk, you know. But this is what Thanksgiving's about, right? You know, this is the time we're gonna eat. And we're going to have to, you know, work it out later on, the next day or two. All right. So you, so you walk the neighborhood, you go treadmill, did you go down to the track? Did you did you start running some wind sprints? Did you do some 40s? No, no. no grass no drills? Wind sprints, no, wind sprints, no wind sprints, no grass drills, just nice, good, brisk walk. Uh, love it. With the dogs, everybody's happy. But the basketball boys wasn't there, you know. Dickie's Missouri, Den- Dennis is coaching. So yeah. we got the kids. We got four children. We got two grandkids. And we got an aunt. We got a cousin. I mean, there's a, we we had a full house now. Man, a lot of nuts in that house. That's all I got to say. Of nuts. I love it. Yeah. Man. Well, uh, I'm glad you had a great uh, a great family gathering. You enjoyed yourself. Yeah. And even though you're probably 18 pounds heavier. Correct. No <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> all good, man. You're entitled. All right, brother. Uh, college football right. playoff rankings. Uh, this thing is a jumble, isn't it? All right. I want you to oh. give me. Give me your, your top four right now. Go. Wow. Number one, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Michigan. Okay. Washington. Ooh. And then at number four, I like, I, I did, I love Florida State, but I'm just really worried about it because my quarterback's gone there. Travis is gone. Right. And so I'm going to tell you who you don't want to play right now. You do not want to play Oregon. Right. You do not want to play them. So I, I've kind of slid Oregon, and I know that I got some buddies at Florida State. They're not going to like me very much, but I'm just, I'm, I, I think Florida State's in for a tough road right here, and I'm pulling for them, but uh, this is going to be a tough championship game for them. So Florida State is playing Louisville, and I'm intrigued yep. in this game because I, I watched a lot of the Florida State-Florida game on Saturday night, and their backup quarterback struggled. Then he got tar, you know, a victim of a targeting penalty. He had to come out, so they had to go to the third string guy. But now you're playing Louisville, and I was on Kentucky last week, and Kentucky beat them outright. And I'm just not sold on Louisville, and I just think that Florida State, despite the quarterback issues that they have, I think Houston they've got enough to take care of Louisville. They're only favored by two points here. I really like this. So let's make a case for Florida State with the backup quarterback. Say he's he's able to go, or the third string guy you got to go with, but a week's worth of practice here. And you know that you're going to have that crowd behind him there, too. They've been in this situation before. Really, Louisville hasn't. I think Jeff Brom's done a pretty a pretty good job. But give me your take about, about Florida State, where they're at. They are undefeated. Yeah. And could we possibly 
have them on the outside looking in if they win? I don't see how you could. I think that'd be so unjustified to do that because, man, you, what, what else do you want them to do? They went 13-0, right. and 0, won their championship. They deserve to be there. Uh, I'll tell you what, here, here's how you make a case. Uh, Coach Rorell's done such an excellent job, and I think he'll pull on those heartstrings about, hey, we've come too far. Defense, you played so well. Guess what? We're going to have to lean on you a little bit more. Hey, offense. Line, we got to lean on you a little bit more. We got a little backup quarterback here, but it's not going to slow us down. Everybody's got to do a little bit extra, a little bit more, because there's no way we're going to lose this championship. So, you know, they're going to have that attitude going in. And so I can see what you're saying could be exactly right. And then you got a real jam. You got a jam up here because, especially, you tell me now, Doctor, Alabama was to go in there now. You know, they're, right now they're throwing sevens and elevens. Uh, it was fourth and 30 the other night. I don't know if you saw that. It was I fourth saw and it, 30. man. Fourth and goal Everybody, from the 31. The Auburn fans, yes. fans were over the rail. They're, they're getting ready to celebrate. Yep. They're getting ready to celebrate. They're getting ready to roll that paper on those trees. <laughs> what happens? Fourth and 30, a miracle. <laughs> what if Alabama has that same luck? And, you know, they've gotten better. Mm-hmm. And they somehow beat Georgia. Tell me, are you going to take out the number one team? <sighs> are they out? And, and here's the thing, though. If that happens, okay, and I, and I, I still think it's kind of a big if. As much as I love Alabama, uh, they're starting to revert back to the the Bama from last year and early on in the season with the penalties. The penalties got I didn't like what I saw with the penalties. And then yeah. and then Milrow, even though he had that fantastic thirty one yard, you know, uh, rainbow dart, whatever you want to call it, the touchdown pass in the back of the end zone, that was beautiful. But I, I'm still not sold on him. You're the quarterback, you coach, and you're the quarterback. You're, you're the former quarterback yourself and the head coach. I mean, do you does he really like? Throw some scare into you? Are you, are you talking? You talking about Jalen? Yeah, Milro. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He does. Okay, he does. There's some things, there's some things that does. <clears throat> excuse me, concern you uh, in that decision making process, especially. You know, let's just take the time he scrambled. You know, if he just goes down and falls forward, uh, and knows where those sticks are, that's a first down. You eliminate that right. you know, that fourth right. down. Right. Uh, it's little things like that. And then, oh, then he'll come back and hit a like that perfect strike when it's fourth and thirty. It blows your mind. He throws a good deep ball, but but the intermediate stuff and all that. I tell you, there's some times that you 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 wonder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, no. Going back to what you said, if Alabama pulls his upset, there are some people out there in, in you know computer rankings that are saying that if Alabama beats Georgia and then Texas rolls, which we expect against Oklahoma State. That possibly Alabama and Georgia could both be out and no team from the SEC. I find that hard to believe because you can't tell me that either one of those teams are not in the top four. That is ridiculous, but we're going to hang on to this. Well, Texas beat Alabama early in the season, which leads me to the big question here. This is the big one. How much credence are you putting into this head to head and that game that happened about 10 weeks ago between Texas and Alabama? Where Texas won. I mean, I, I, you, to me, you have to, you got to, you got to put a lot of creed into it. They go into Tuscaloosa and win the game. 
And I'm talking about win the game pretty good. Mike dominated it. And so you have to respect that. That's why you play the game. Now, but since that time, and this is where the committee has start gathering and then and start thinking and working, look at what they've done since that time. It may be Coach Saban's best coaching job. If you look from the first game to where they are today, I mean, it, it's been an unbelievable improvement. I mean, they bench Milrow, then they come back to him. They get better and get better and get better. And this this will be a heck of a weekend right here. We'll see what happens right here. But I, I just think Texas, I, I don't see how you can discount that. Now, you're going to look at the strength of schedule. The strength of schedule is going to favor Alabama. And especially if they beat the number one team Saturday. They're going to say that Alabama's beat more ranked teams. And so, boy, I tell you, it's, it's going to be – I can't wait. I got my popcorn and Coke. I'm ready on that one. <laughs> All right. L- <laughs> let's say if this thing – let's just say, for example, the favorites win these championship games this weekend. Oregon beats Washington. All right? Mm-hmm. And Texas beats Oklahoma State. We'll let, and let, well, let's, let's say the upset happens with Alabama and Georgia and Florida State wins and Michigan wins. Who's the odd person out here? Who's the odd team that gets left out? Man, that, I mean... That that's what's tough. This is where you. This is the year you need the. 12, this is where you need the twelve game playoff this year. There you go. This is where you you need a practice run right now. But <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, man. Somebody's going to get their feelings hurt on this deal if there's a if there's that chaos that you're talking about. And Texas wins, Florida State wins, Alabama wins. Somebody's getting their feelings hurt, yeah. and it's going to come down to this. What are the four best teams right now? Who are the four best? And then you got Oregon, Washington, just say the winner of that game, whatever. So let me ask you, okay, let's, let's, let's pose the question a different way. Who is the weakest of this group right now that if it plays out like this? You know, we're talking basically about six teams here. Who's, who, who is, is, I don't want to say not playing the best ball, but just, who who would be the weakest of these these teams? Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Alabama, Oregon, Texas. Seven teams we're talking about. Who's the weakest? Gosh, oh my gosh, they're all playing pretty dang good right now. I mean, I know. if you say who's the weakest, we only get four though, so we got to eliminate three. Oh my gosh, I mean, yeah, good thing you're you got- good thing you're not on that committee. Huh? Uh, uh, <laughs> How would that be? Jeez. Yo, you'd be, you, you'd be, be fighting. With, you'd be fighting with people back there. Nah, you don't know what you're talking about. This is what my eyes saw. Forget your analytics. I, I, I live down here and been around the SEC country. Hmm. You better not leave out an SEC team. I can tell you that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll go. They might go play their own game, man. I tell you. You leave those guys out, but I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, everybody's playing pretty good right now. I don't know who you can say. I just worry about Florida State not having that quarterback that was a difference maker. That guy, Travis Jordan, is so good, and he could extend plays, makes it happen. Just like Mike. Look at all the quarterback. Michael Penix. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Michael Penix. All these guys are playing at such a high level right now, man. I know. And Georgia hasn't, Georgia hasn't been the dominant 
defensive team we're used to seeing, but all they do is take care of business. All they do is win. Now, I'm really curious on this one now, TC, on this game this weekend. I'm really curious. Bama's been there. They're not going to flinch. They've been in that game many a time, so they're going to come with it thinking they're going to win. This is going to be a heck of a game now. I know. It's, it's a hard game to call. I'm not answering any of your questions. I know. <laughs> it's all good. No, no, it's, it's tough. That's my point. Houston Nutt joins us, the coach, uh, formerly of CBS, and breaking it all down here. All right, let's 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 go with these games here. Let's start with the Pac-12, which is here Friday night at Allegiant Stadium. It's Oregon and Washington. Now, these teams met earlier. Washington got a three-point win. But Oregon's been playing great ball here, and now Oregon has turned into a nine-point favorite, which seems kind of strange, a nine-point favorite over a team that is 12-0 in Washington undefeated. Who are you calling in this one, man? Oregon and Washington. Okay. It's revenge for Oregon. What are you seeing with these yeah. two teams? Okay. Remember, I brought this team up on the very first part of this show. Yep. I'm a believer big time in Coach Lanning. I was at the Brewers Award. I met him down there uh, when he just got hired last year, uh, or maybe two years. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, it's I love the temperament of his team. They're physical. Their defense runs the football and are violent. And Bo Nix is playing at a high level. Now I think nine points is too many. But I'm I'm Oregon Ducks all the way right now. Oregon Ducks. I I, I think that's going to be. It's hard to beat somebody twice now, and especially the way Oregon's playing right now. I'm Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oregon all the way. All right, Big 12, you've got Texas and Oklahoma State. Texas favored by two touchdowns. Uh, we saw Texas put up 60 last week. Uh, this team is is a machine. And Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in Houston are looking at Oak State like, what are they doing in this game? But it's crazy, isn't it? The way they have you know the two divisions and all this nonsense. Same thing we get in the Big Ten. It's like, what would be wrong with seeing Ohio State and Michigan do it again? Oh no! I mean, the Big Ten every year is this anticlimactic thing, you know, where you get a mismatch, and we're going to have that. We got Michigan, a twenty-three point favorite in this game, twenty-three over Iowa, a team that can't score. More than right. more than a couple touchdowns a game here, so I don't know. Let's take take these two games that look to be virtual blowouts. Can you make a case for either underdog, Oklahoma State or Iowa? Let's start with Iowa. Iowa play. You know they always play good defense. They usually the defense scores more than the offense. That, that's what's got to happen in that game. It have to be a turnover where they scoop and score. They intercept the ball and get such great field position two or three times to help their offense because their offense is so poor. But you can't ever count out Iowa. Iowa is always a solid, solid team, and they're sound. They just, to me, it's it, Michigan's going to win the game. But it, it, I think it'll be closer to what people think. Uh, Oklahoma State and, and Texas. Texas is really on a roll right now. I feel like Texas will probably win the game. But if you give me, I, I was at Bedlam. I was I was in Stillwater. If you give me that Oklahoma State team that played that day versus OU, uh, with that tailback coming downhill over and over and over, you give me that game, that team with that effort, watch out, Texas. Hmm. But you don't know. I, I just think right now the way Texas, the way they put back-to-back these last three games, they look like they're rolling, man. So that's kind of in your neck of the woods over there, Jerry's World. You going to make an appearance over there? Oh, yeah. 
No, no, no. I'm going to go to a high school game in Little Rock. Um, but a good friend of mine's son playing that high school game. I got to see that. Okay. All right. Now, I'll be keeping eyes on. I'll be keeping eyes on it though. Now, high school football in Arkansas is it like Texas, where you're going to have maybe uh, five to ten thousand people at a high school football game? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now <laughs> on, on this game, this game. Now it's not. It's not when you say it's like Texas. Texas is almost like college now, right? I mean, it's 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 not Arkansas is not at that level. Mm. But at this game, at this game, big six A game, seven A game. This game will be 10,000 plus, yeah. Wow. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. All right, my friend. You see what Barry Odom has done over here at UNLV. That oh, a fantastic I, season. Even though they lost to it. San Jose State, but UNLV still in that crazy three-way tie. They had the highest power ranking, so they are hosting Boise State, uh, where you coached way back in the day, and you know all about this UNLV program. We talk about it a lot. And uh, give give us your thoughts here about Boise State okay. and UNLV Mount West Conference Championship. How look how far the Rebels have come. Now they're in a championship game, a championship game. That's what I want to say. Look at what we're talking about. Now it's been a long time since you and I since we met each other. Mm-hmm. How many times have we ever talk about UNLV UNLV football? <laughs> and none. Yeah, right. 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 Not till today. Barry Odom, Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. Great job. Outstanding job. Those guys are playing hard for him. Man, I, I'm going with the Rebels. UNLB. Now, have you yes. seen boy? Have you, have you got a chance to see Boise State very much? Because uh, UNLB Only did not. Time. They didn't Only play. They didn't time. play each other this year. So a little, little yeah, unknown here. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see them play, but one time. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see them very much. Yeah. All right. So there you go. All right, so uh, all right, so Oregon, Washington. You're picking Oregon. You got Texas. You got UNLV. Uh, I I still didn't get a clear a sense from you. Come on, brother. Atlanta. What are you doing in Atlanta? What are you doing? SEC. Who are you calling? Wow. I'm thinking. I'm really thinking that's going to be real, real tight. I'm thinking it's going to be bam. I think we're going to have chaos, y'all. Man. Now Houston. Now at what Georgia's won? What's it been like? What twenty three in a row as far as conference no, games or whatever that. it is? I think it's more than that. It's more than that, right? I think, I think it is more than that. It's unbelievable. The Georgia win streak right now. Yeah, yeah. Especially the the conference win streak. I mean, it is up there. There's no question. It is. Oh, they've done a job. There's no question about it. He's done a great, great job. Um, but um, I tell you, I just, I, I just think. Alabama's right now, man. They they're finding a way to man. When you're fourth and thirty, and I'm thinking Auburn's going to have a nice little celebration. And what? I tell you, I, I just think the defense is playing really good. I think this is going to be come down to the last series again on this play. I'm going with Bama. Uh, the Bulldogs of Georgia have won 29 in a row, longest oh, see. longest streak in SEC history. And remember, they uh, entered that last game with a uh, tied with a pair of hey. Alabama squads that won twenty eight in a row. So, uh, TC, how, how, how many? How many is Georgia favored by? Five and a half. Wow! Wow! So you try and tell okay. me that if you were here in Vegas, we'd be marching over to the sports book and you'd be uh, putting down some uh, some shuckles on the <laughs> on the on the tide? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Uh, probably we'd probably go over to eating. Is what we'd probably be doing. We got that right. We're probably, <laughs> so, 
we'd watch. I don't know if we would probably skip that one. Hey, how about this stat for you? Okay, you can relate to this. Georgia, their 2023 senior class won 49 in a row. Oh, my gosh. 49 in a row. They don't know how to lose, Houston. How can we bet against Georgia? How can we bet against Georgia? Well, well, that's the one school, though. If you're going to bet on one, that's the one school you bet on because they know how to win on the other side, too, now. And you got the best coach. I mean, you got to call it like it is on that. Okay, who's, but, it all comes down to quarterback play, right? Who's got the better quarterback? Right. Is it Beck? Is it Milrow right now? <laughs> well, I think athletically it's it's Milrow, but the, probably the best quarterback is is Beck. Mm-hmm. But athletically, the thing the thing that the the thing that you have with Milrow is, oh, they're all covered. Okay, I'll take it and run it. You know, he has that. He has that part of the game that he can go take off running. This guy can run now. And when you can extend plays and keep the first downs going, wow, that makes a whole lot of difference. All right. Great stuff by the coach, uh, Houston, yeah. uh, my friend. Yeah. Hey. What great, great today. I didn't have too many answers for you today, buddy. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> popcorn, buddy. Hey, that's a, what are you talking about? I mean, we, we got great conversation in. We got great food talk. We got a lot of laughs. Uh, you, you broke it, you, you broke it down. You gave me your opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gold. I was worried about, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm just, no, you, you hit me pretty good with, if we were in that committee and you have those scenarios, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall to see what the, how they would sell if Alabama won. Or you're, you know, you're trying to make a case between Texas and Alabama. You know, there's so many scenarios there. Florida State. I mean, there's just not enough slots right now, guys. Here's the thing, though, too. You know, every year there is a debate, and it's usually the debate about number four. That's usually. I mean, there might be five teams in the conversation, but now we're talking about seven teams in the conversation, and we've got okay two of the four are going to be playing against each other. You got Alabama and Georgia. Okay. They'll kind of take care mm-hmm. of itself. And then Washington, Oregon, you figure, okay, the winner yeah. might be in, not definitely in, but might, might be in. And if Alabama wins, they still might not be in. So I think this has been the, the, the toughest one that we've ever faced yeah. here before with seven teams right. Right. Because not a whole lot of people are talking about Texas. Not a whole lot of people are talking about Florida State and or right. even Washington for that matter. But these are great football right. teams. You know, yeah. basically, you know, you got two of the three are undefeated. Texas is phenomenal. They're loaded. And I don't know, man. It's it's I think we're gonna have a lot of chaos and controversy, and thank goodness this is the last year that we have to deal with this that we can finally get to the playoff next year. Because can you imagine what the hype? And you mentioned it here at the beginning of this, that if this was the 12-team playoff, that the the opening round matchups that we would have here, pretty good. Oh, that would be really good. Really good. No doubt about it. All right. Well, let's go get some more dessert, my friend. I know you still got some leftover dessert there. I know it's been like four or five days. You still got it. I'm I'm on a different plan right now, buddy. I got to go. Other way, we're drinking a lot of water right now. Walking, man. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I, hey, I, and you know, I was thinking about you over the weekend. I just wondering if you were, you know, kind of 
you know, uh, it distraught, not distraught, wrong word, but you were kind of tied up. You didn't know which way to go, Missouri and Arkansas, even though it turned out to be one-sided game. Before that game started, I mean, I want to where your rooting uh, allegiance was in that game because you got ties yeah. to both. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I always root for Arkansas. But I tell you what, man, that wasn't much of a fight on that one. No, Missouri. I love. Hey, I love this Missouri team. Can we? Can we yeah. give some love? Oh, to, to, to Schrader, the yeah. running back. This guy's Schrader. had. Oh, yeah, Schrader. This guy's yeah. had what? What three two hundred yard games? I think he's got a total of of eight over one hundred yard games. Yeah. This guy's phenomenal. Give this guy yeah. some love. And yeah. how about the freshman quarterback from Mizzou? Come on, man. Oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eli Drakewich has done a great job. I like what Eli did after the game, TC. Yep. After the game, he brags on just what you just got through doing about his tailback. Hey, this is not a this. It's enough of the feel good story. This is a big time back. And I did the same thing for Darren McFadden one night in, in LSU Baton Rouge. Uh, I got on uh, Mark May and Lou Host for not putting him in the top five uh, in their Heisman voting voting ballots. Put. Darren McFadden in that five, man. And so I, I, it reminded me when Eli, after the game, he was bragging on his tailback. I loved it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, that guy is phenomenal. And for people who haven't seen him yet, man, just fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and hopefully, uh, again, he, he has a, a fantastic bowl game. And remember, that kid was a walk-on, too, man. A walk-on. Yeah. Came out of junior yeah. college, walk-on. Phenomenal. Love it. Love it. Brother, enjoy yourself. I appreciate the time as always. And uh, let's talk to you next week, if we can, when we have the, everything kind of ironed out here so we can hear the bitching and complaining from everybody and start handicapping uh, the rest of the week, some of these, these playoff games and bowl games. Sounds good. Take care, Houston. Great one. All right. Take care. My man, Houston Nutt, the former coach at Arkansas, Ole Miss, Boise State, Fantastic job with CBS Sports Network, the college football side. All right, we come back. Brian Salmon from News 3 will join us on this terrible Tuesday. All right, let me put some water on your board. More from the master debater. The Dr. T.C. Martin. You'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. All right, continuing on here on this Tuesday. Talk a lot of college football. We'll get ready for UNLV coming up this weekend in the Mount West Championship game coming up uh, Saturday at 12 noon against Boise State. We talk about that. All things Las Vegas, including the Raiders. Pac-12 championship game on Friday with my man. Brian Salmon, B-Sound, News 3 Sports Director Extraordinaire, and the flashiest man dressed on the planet, at least in Las Vegas. What's going on, man? <laughs> What's going on with you, TV? Whoa. At least in Las Vegas. Oh, <laughs> just I'm just doing it, man. I'm doing it, doing it, doing it well. Of course you are, man. Like that's that's just the man that you are. Uh, you know what I mean? You had a good holiday, man. I had a good holiday, man. I, w- I was around. I was around and uh, enjoyed. You know, got to uh, you know see I you at a couple. I, I ate. I definitely did. Uh, did well in that. Dominated. And, of course, got a chance to see you at uh, a couple of the games this weekend, which was great. And I, what I love about B-Sal, and, and I'm just as guilty, but B-Sal, when he comes through, the, uh, comes up the elevator, and he, and he goes through security after they go beep with his credential, he makes a mad dash 
right to the buffet line. Goes right there. And he does what I do. And I'll, I'll, I'll give Sam Gordon credit too. Sammy the Bull does the exact same thing. We go and we don't stand in line. We go and we survey the situation, you know, like a good quarterback does. Quarterback goes up to the line of scrimmage, you know, checks out, you know, the defensive alignment. Okay. Where are the DBs at? Who's got, and there's a beam out. So B Sal comes up, you know, there'll be a line full of people at, 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 you know, the Raider game and he's looking. Okay. Do I want to dive into this or whatever? Not stand in line behind the 12 people who are just, you know, got their mouth water and B Sal kind of like cuts in front and just want to see what it is, you know, and then B Sal goes, okay. Let's see. All right. Turkey. Turkey's the mic. Turkey's the mic. There it is. Oh, stuffing over there. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll partake. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Turkey is the mic. Turkey is the mic. Yeah, you are a sports guy for real, man. But no, you have to do that, man. Right. You don't go to a buffet line and just go straight to the food. You got to make sure, you got to see what's there and devise a plan on what you're going to partake in. And, you know, how many plates you're going to need and, right. you know what I mean, how much is this serving size going to be? It, it's, a, it's, it's strategic, man. It's strategery you got to use when you're eating, when you're about to throw down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or you could step away. I mean, if you, if you don't like the defensive call, you just call a timeout and, and you go back and find another play. And I do that sometimes because I'm not a big turkey guy. You know, Thanksgiving, you know, you when wow. you start serving me Thanksgiving food on Sunday, you know what I'm thinking? I think those are leftovers, man. I can't do it, man. Can't do it. Give me some chicken wings. Uh, Give me some ribs. That's hilarious. Give me the you hot dog. like Mark McMillan. He uh, said the same thing. Did like, he really? You can't fool me. Yeah, see? You can't fool me with the, with the Thanksgiving uh, meal on Sunday. Thank you. Yeah, they did that in Green Bay. And I, and I was very vocal about that back in, in Green Bay. And I go, really? I go, we're doing Thanksgiving you know, uh, that, no, forget it. We already did Thanksgiving. We don't need to do that again. I get it on Thanksgiving Day, but no, those are leftovers. Forget it, man. <laughs> no, no, you definitely, uh, you know what, though, but this is what I told Mark, is the fact that they probably didn't have, they, they weren't cooking on Thanksgiving Day at Allegiant Stadium, so they saved it and cooked everything fresh that day. Oh, I'm sure. I know. I'm just giving a bad time about that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, oh. you know, okay, and again, I'm not the big turkey guy on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, it's yeah. uh, you know, once a year that's fine. But, you know, okay, that was, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 3 days later. Okay, the it's expired. You know what I'm saying? The the the, the line is expired. Now a lot of people they're, they're going to go dive in then. They'll have some more. They had it on Thursday. They're going to have some in Allegiant. Okay, that's fine. There you go. But there you go. I agree with you, though, man. I'm not a big turkey guy either, for real, for real. So right, right. Um, every once in a while, you got to call an audible. And I often call an audible, again, with my guy, Mark McMillan, man, my mouse. I'll end up getting one of those pizzas from Evil Pie. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. He hooks it up. He's got, like, some kind of a... Yes. He's got, like, a sponsorship deal with him or something like that. So they hook up the Evil Pies, man, and mm. I'll make the, the long trek. You know, around, I think it's like the, the 200 level. Yes. Go get an evil pie. So I'll be on the other side of the stadium. I've done that. I've done, courtesy of Martin McMillan, I did the exact same thing. And when I went over there, this was last year, last season. And, uh, so I made the long trek. And when I got there, you know what they told me, B Sal? They said, Oh, sorry. We're, we're all out of, uh, of the pies. However, the girl, the manager, she walked me over to their other stand. It was uh, a couple sections over. And they had the evil dog, and the evil dog was righteous, man. It was like a, 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 they had like 
like barbecued brisket and stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It was, it was wow. amazing on a dog, and it was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, the evil dog. Yeah, the evil dog right down the road from Evil Pie. Man, and it caught, it had the, the correct price on it, too, I bet, right? Oh, FRWE. Exactly. There it is. Ring it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FRWE. I've never heard it said that way. I might have to steal that one from you. I like yeah, that. I think, okay, just when you do it, just like a lot of my line, just say copyright TC when you do that, okay? <laughs> okay. okay FR, yeah. FRWE, copyright TC. I, I, I want that on, 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 your, on Sunday Sports Night. There it is. Oh, really? <laughs> You've already taken over the show, man. Like, T.C. Martin, it's a, it's a sports night slash T.C. Martin show. Oh, I love it. Let's do it again, man. Whenever you're ready, brother. Whenever you're ready. Let's go. All right, so what all do you right, think? Right, what, what do you think here? What do you think is going to happen Saturday afternoon, 12 noon? UNLV gets in the championship game, even though they got beat by San Jose State. And really, it was pretty one-sided. And, you know, again, we're happy that the Rebels are there. First time they've been there. Uh, what a turnaround. What a job by Barry Odom. I know we agree with that. However, how do you feel if you're San Jose State? How do you want to, how can you be the commissioner of the Mount West Conference and make that phone call to San Jose State after they won six in a row? They beat UNLV on their home field and you're saying, uh, you're not one of the two best teams. Sorry, you're not going to play for the championship. Yeah, I know. Whoever, wh- what you do is you, um, you kind of sheepishly get your Homer Simpson on and, and fall back into the bushes. Because you are the one who decided that we're going to decide tiebreakers via computers, which is just absurd. And now I guess they had to do that because not everyone played everyone, so they couldn't necessarily go on that. But usually they go on, who did you play, you know, uh, that's a third-place team, and how did you do versus them and that sort of thing. But, yeah, they went to the computers and let the computers determine it. And unlike, I said this last night on the news, unlike, the Terminator and Matrix, the computers got it right, man. And in, in the world, they hooked up. They hooked up UNLV. I guess it looks that differently if you're a, a San Jose State fan. So, yeah, uh, that, that's I don't know. Computers suck in that in that regard. It, it, in that regard, it, it is. It is. But anyway, that's okay. We're here. UNLV against Boise State. Boise State a slight favorite, two point favorite in the game. Uh, what do you think the Rebels' chances are, especially coming off the loss? And you know how distraught. That that team was that they that they fell in that game. They're very very emotional after the game. And now you got to regroup and you got to get ready for a Boise State team that you didn't play this year. But we know that Boise State team has a lot of experience on the other side of the you know uh, of the field there. So what do you think? I think you know he wins, man. I, I really do think they win. I was shocked they didn't win against San Jose State, and that's saying something, right? When when you go to a UNLV football game or you watch it on TV. And you're literally surprised if they're not beating whomever they're playing, if that team is not named Michigan. You know what I mean? After, after the first three games of the season, UNLV really hit their stride. You could see the confidence in them when they were on the field. You could completely tell that they fully expected to win the game against San Jose State. Unfortunately, I, you could almost see as well that they may have played that game versus San Jose State like they thought that the Spartans would come in and kind of lay down for them. You know, say that, you know what, this is UNLV. They're having a great year. They're a very good team. We can't win this game and play as such. And San Jose State did the exact opposite. But I think that Barry Odom, I don't know what the heck he's giving these kids to drink in the water at UNLV or what he's saying in the locker room, man. But this guy, 
he, I am a true, true, true believer in what he's preaching and what he's doing over there. I think they absolutely will be ready. You'll see the uh, the confidence and swag that they've had all season long, and I, I think they beat Boise State. I really do. They got a better record than Boise. They're hosting the game, and you know, for me, I always go to the skill position, you know, players, especially the quarterback. And when you look at the San Jose State UNLV game. I figured San Jose State was was going to be tough because they have the better quarterback. You got to remember that quarterback was the preseason Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. That's who they predicted, and that guy is phenomenal. But I think actually, you know, Maivea maybe is probably better than the Boise State quarterback. So I agree with you. I think you know they didn't have that advantage last Saturday against San Jose State, but I think they do have an advantage against Boise State. Even though Boise State's got a pretty good defense and everything, it's it's going to be tough. And but you know. You're probably like me, though, still, as much as you think you want you want UNLV to win, you think they're pretty good, but do you still have that in the back of your mind? Well, you know, they still haven't been here before. It is still UNLV. We know it's it's Barry Odom. It's the new and improved UNLV, but especially the way they played defensively last week, doesn't that kind of creep in your mind a little bit like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, they might struggle this week, too? Like rebel football is going to rebel football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I, I I completely understand that line of thinking and that kind of logic because I mean, in years past, I one thousand percent would have felt that way. I probably would have felt that I would have felt that way after you know, like the third game of the season, maybe a fourth game of the season. But since then, I definitely do not feel that way, man. Like I, I just, you can tell, like. Somehow, like he completely changed the culture and the mindset and the expectations of the players on that team, and he, yeah, he made me a believer, man. Like, I, I don't think that what UNLV has done this season has been fool's gold, or they've gotten, they've just been on a fortunate end of scheduling and had certain plays go their way. Like they've had some games, like the one against Vanderbilt, where they shouldn't have won, and they persevered. They've had a few games at home that they they had an opportunity to give up. You know what I'm saying? They even had an opportunity to give up against San Jose State, and they, they somewhat made it a game. You know, I, I just um, – I, I like what they're doing, man. I, I, I can just see their – I feel their confidence. I feel their confidence. And, I mean, where you at? you're at the San Jose State game, I'm assuming. And think about the, 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 um, the crowd. Like, you just, UNLV Faithful has really gotten behind this team. It was loud in there at the end of the game when they had an opportunity – to go like 70 yards with like a minute something left in the game to tie it or win it. Uh, I, I, I like what they're doing over there, man. Like, he's made me a believer. I need Kevin to do that for me right now. No, I'm, I'm with you. you know, Rebels uh, on the basketball court tonight against Akron, 7 o'clock. You going out there uh, tonight, B-Cell? Yeah, man, I'll be live over there. Yeah. I'm, I'll see you. got to work. I'm going to get stuff. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, but, okay, here you go. But see how quickly we forget. How did we open this segment? We opened this segment about food at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, you said, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I, you, you were probably there on Saturday. Don't you remember B-Sal? I saw you while you were getting your breakfast Saturday at about a, a, a little after 12. It already kicked off, and you, like me, are going for the bacon and the sausage and the hash browns. Saturday at UNLV. You don't remember that, B-Sal? Yeah. You know I'm old, man. I, it's just, when I see you, I, I don't remember like which game it was at. I know. I saw you there, where it was at. Like, I, it, it was you, I, and, and your girl, Layla McCarter. Right there. 
We're breaking all. We were talking yeah, about the fight later that night. There yeah, you go. that's right. There you that's go. Right. We there certainly. You go. I thought that might have been on Sunday because we were talking about that on Sunday as well. But yeah, yeah. Uh, at least both days. I know Layla was. Yeah, both days. Okay. No problem, man. No problem. Speaking of Sunday, what do you make of the Raiders here? Um, here we go. Uh, we got the the bye week finally, but coming off the the two losses and especially the way they got beat down in that second half uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Raiders? And uh, I want your take about the quarterback situation, B-Sal. What do you do here? Man, clearly Aiden O'Connell is not the truth. And, um, I mean, it, it, he, he, should, he, he, he shouldn't have really been expected to be the truth. He's a, he's a rookie, and rookies are going to rookie. He's not C.J. Stroud. You know what I mean? Who is, really? You know what I mean? The, the kid down, um, the kid at, in, in Carolina is not C.J. Stroud. So Jordan loves not C.J. Stroud. Uh, Joshua so, Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs certainly isn't C.J. Stroud, too, after what we saw last night. Exactly. So, you know, neither Justin Fields. So right. you can't expect Aiden O'Connell to be that guy. Garoppolo should have been good enough. His confidence is in the cellar. Like, he, you know, he's like, he don't care. I, man, I, I don't know what the Raiders do, man. Like, I honestly feel like you can't. Well, maybe you, can, you maybe you can go back to Garoppolo. Because think about this: the, his confidence may have been hurt and everything else, but there's nothing that can be done to him that's worse than what was done to him in San Francisco, where they basically tried to trade him and say you stink and everything else. And then, oh, you know what? Uh, Purdy got hurt. We need you to come back and play. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, no. and then he played well. Then he played well. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Like that's, a, that's a quandary because, I mean, O'Connell's not going to be good. He's not the quarterback of their future. And they're trying to win games still, man. Uh, like I said, mm. you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is the, the best quarterback on your roster. He has been. Sure, he struggled. He, he was injured. But the experiment didn't work. It hasn't worked. And if you really, truly want to win games, he Garoppolo should have been your starter against Miami and against Kansas City. Plain and simple. I mean, he is gives you the best chance to win. Oh, and by the way, you're paying him, uh, you know, the seventy five, uh, seventy two point seven five million dollars as well too to wilt away on the bench. So yeah, you're right. No, in, in the confidence thing, forget that. He's been. He's a veteran. He's experienced. And you have to have an experienced quarterback to to win. And, and to expect to win. And so, yeah, to me, it, it, it's pretty easy call, but you just don't operate this way just because you want to get away from the Patriot way. You know what I'm saying? If he's the best quarterback, I mean, if you're Devonta Adams, what are you thinking right now? Give me the ball. You know, Garoppolo probably gives me the best chance to get the ball. Same thing with Jacoby Myers. <laughs> Not giving Josh Jacobs the ball 20 and 25 times a game. I, I don't know. I don't know if I – so – I mean, Garoppolo had an opportunity to give Devontae the ball, and Garoppolo was terrible. Like, he was yeah. as bad as O'Connell's playing right now. Garoppolo was playing worse than him, yeah. really. Make that, you I can mean, make that argument, but, sure. Yeah, but again, yeah. I, I want an experienced guy going against the better teams in the league. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you would think. I mean, conventional wisdom would tell you that. But at, Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think that – I don't think that – um between the two quarterbacks, there's really one that's that much better, honestly. Just because, again, as bad as O'Connell has played in the, the past two games, Garoppolo played worse in the first whatever game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, he hasn't had a, Garoppolo hasn't had a good game 
at all. Like, I, he, how you lead the league in interceptions and you're missing games. But so I, I don't really think they get anything from Garoppolo unless, you know, something kicks in and right. he plays like he played in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which, I mean, his, his, uh, his floor, I don't know. I, I think that's a possibility that he could turn into the San Francisco quarterback that did well and, and brought him to the Super Bowl, or he could continue to play like he's played. Yeah. Um, you know what? Maybe, maybe without Josh Daniels here, he'll play better. Yeah. And, and I was thinking that, and I was thinking the rest, you know, has done him some good to heal up a little bit. And now, okay, it's the wake up call and now come yeah. back. And, and there's a lot less pressure on him now, too. You know what I'm saying? A lot less pressure. So, yeah. We'll see. B Sal, we appreciate it, brother. Real quick, uh, what do you got going? You're live tonight at the Thomas and Mac. Hit it. Yeah, man. Live at the Thomas and Mac. We got the, the, the running rebels in Akron and Kevin Kruger squad, man. They, they, um, they really want to try to compete with the lady rebels in a sense, or not even, they even compete with them, but follow their lead. You know right. what I mean? Right. And they try to get some of that linear rock magic over there, man. You need to get the rebels basketball team back to where they once were, man. So I'll see you guys there tonight at six, 10, 11 o'clock. You got it, brother. That is Brian Salmon, sports director over at News 3. Take care, man. And we'll look forward to seeing you uh, out there tonight. And uh, and uh, take your time. Do it right. And uh, he- keep hitting the leftovers, my man. And keep hitting the treadmill. <laughs> oh, yeah. I keep hitting the heavy bag, man. Right. I appreciate you, TC, man. I'll see you tonight. You got it, brother. There he is. Brian Salmon, my guy. All right. Good stuff there. All right. Um, tomorrow, we've... Uh, Keep on, keep it on. Trevor Maddich uh, will be joining us tomorrow. Uh, look forward to that. And then uh, Thursday, Barry Odom will join us, as he customarily does Thursday, getting ready for UNLV's Mountain West Conference Championship game. And that will take place on Saturday at 12 noon at Allegiant Stadium as UNLV takes on Boise State. So looking forward to that. Raiders with the bye week. And uh, we do have a much better uh, football matchups coming up in the NFL coming up uh, this weekend on Sunday. All right, for an upchuck, TC saying hasta la vista, baby. Want to thank Houston Nut for joining us. If uh, you missed that, definitely go check that out. That'll be up later on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out our blogs up there from UNLV, the current interview page, past interviews, the classics, all there up there as well. All right, have yourself a good one. We reconvene tomorrow. At 2 o'clock, UNLV Akron tonight. Rebels a three-point favorite. They're coming off two losses to Florida State and Richmond back in the Sunshine Invitational last week. So they've had some days off back at practice. See if UNLV get on the winning track as they take on the Zips from the MAC. Coming your way tonight, tip-off, 7 o'clock at the Thomas & Mac Center. Have yourself a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.